as we look forward, I think one thing is clear. Supply chain logistics management has become table stakes for commerce. We expect to see companies shift their investment strategies coming out of COVID, making larger investments in supply chain and logistic technology and expanding capabilities. Thank you for joining. I'm Kathy Lenhart, co-head of the Global Consumer Retail Practice at TJ Solomon. For those of you who know us, we have a 30-year history advising consumer and retail companies across cycles, providing independent strategic and financial advice. And I will say that we are in an unprecedented cycle. I'm joined by my partner, Jason Russell, who leads our supply chain and logistics technology coverage. Like most of us, Jason and I are speaking virtually from our home. And I think as we look out our windows during this quarantine period, as you point out, Jason, and we all hope for normalcy, what we're watching is countless delivery vehicles that are endlessly looping through our neighborhoods. You know, as we think about in the context, the impact on supply chain and logistics management is becoming really, really clear to everyone. So our topic today is very timely and relevant to clients across both of our practice areas. And I will say from a retailing perspective, going into this crisis, supply chain and logistics technology were already a priority of management teams, of retailers, omni-channel retailers, and brands. But the impact of COVID-19 on supply chain and logistics management is heightening this focus and the need for technology investment. Jason, can you talk a little bit about your background and how you see this increased emphasis on technology investment by major companies and retailers. Thank you, Kathy, and it's a pleasure to join you on this call. My name is Jason Russell. I head the industrial technology and software team at PJ Salmon. We really cover three different areas. One is supply chain logistics management technology, which involves everything from where the order is created to where it gets delivered. Commerce technology, which is really around the purchasing experience in the B2B network and then industrial software. And, you know, I do think it's a really important and timely topic, particularly from where my clients that spend most of their time trying to figure out how to get goods to businesses and to consumers, and obviously with your clients, which are driving the purchasing experience. So I think it's a really interesting topic and it's timely, especially around what's happening with COVID, you know, trying to synchronize both the front end and the back end experience which creates obviously a lot of complexity and need for technology investment. It is an important topic, just for context. The retail backdrop is unlike any we have ever seen. There's a dramatic shift in the way consumers shop. Consumers are experiencing this firsthand when they seek to order goods online that are out of stock. And as we step back, the impact of COVID-19 on supply chain and logistics management is going to heighten management's focus on the need for technology investment. I think this is going to be front and center for a long time to come. So with that, Jason, how do you see priorities changing as a result of COVID-19? And how are management teams going to address supply chain and logistics going forward? I think this will spark change. You know, COVID-19 has exposed very wide-ranging systemic issues in supply chains. Companies are going to need to invest in technologies that help them seamlessly deliver the omnichannel experience, both how goods are ordered from an omnichannel perspective, either on the phone, in home, or in store, and how those goods are ultimately delivered, whether or not it's curbside pickup or contract shopping, like an Instacart. You know, the challenge in this equation ends up being the complexity and technology capabilities of the supply chain. 
from a complexity perspective, if you just think about it, where you might have had six distribution centers before distributing products that were ordered online, you may now have 3,000 stores across the U.S. that are acting as distribution nodes. That itself creates a lot of complexities in terms of understanding where the inventory sits and ultimately understanding how to deliver those goods in a timely fashion to consumers. So complexity is the first piece of this equation. The second piece of the equation is technology. So you need to have technology when you have that complexity that's created around the different distribution systems. You need to have technology to make it simple. And the fact is, is that there's still a lot of paper-based systems being used in supply chain, which makes it very difficult to coordinate activities across the network. So I think the companies that are going to succeed post-COVID, and you're already seeing this with the dramatic changes that are happening on the retail front, is the companies that are are going to succeed are the ones that can perfect this coordination of the person experience with the supply chain logistics management delivery and distribution experience. I think those companies are going to thrive over the long run. And when you think about how do companies bring all this together, what are the areas specifically, the potential areas for investment, both you know macro and micro? There's kind of four things that we've identified. One is fulfillment flexibility. Two is sourcing flexibility. Three is visibility, just period. And then four is network. So I think all of those things will be important in any strategy going forward. So if I break those down a little further, from a fulfillment flexibility perspective, what we mean by that is you know, diversifying the ways that customer can receive goods. You know, anyone that can be, do that in a more dynamic fashion, and it's not one size fits all, because the reality is, is that during COVID, you know, pickup curbside might be the predominant ways to receive staple goods. But the fact is, it could change further down the line where consumers are back in stores. So I think having flexibility in the options around you know, how you ultimately get the goods to the consumer is the important point. It's the flexibility of the fulfillment versus the fulfillment itself. So I think that's a really important point to get behind. Second one is what I call sourcing flexibility, which you know, you're seeing this today. Is this, there's a lot of bottlenecks and you know, across the global supply chain. You know, what it used to be a very simple, well, I'd say simple, but more of a linear you know, supply chain is not linear anymore. And the reality is that small changes or disruptions here or there, you know, as an example, maybe a port gets shut down. And if the port gets shut down, you may not have you know, enough medical masks to get to the hospitals. So I think there's going to be a big uh, focus on diversification and localization you know, of the supply chains going forward. I think the third area, which has always been a continuous focus that you've heard about in the last three years is around visibility. This is a top priority. Everyone we talk to says how important it is. And what I mean by visibility is if something gets delivered out of a warehouse, having some sense of when those goods will arrive, and it's basically signals that get kind of put into the ecosystem, digital signals, is critical. Once you have full visibility over what's happening within your trucks, within your warehouses, within the the ports globally, you can then mitigate and manage disruptions to the supply chain a lot easier. And I think this actually does extend not just from sort of the manufacturer to the to the warehouse. I think this extends in the last mile. You know, the fact is, because a lot of it's outsourced, the shippers actually don't know when those goods were will and are delivered to the consumer. And let alone letting them giving them a heads up in terms of when that might occur. And the fact is that last mile piece is what really impacts the customer experience. So I think there's going to be a lot of focus on just sort of tying that full supply chain visibility into the shipper. So that's the third area. And the fourth area is around network. 
that work really ties it all together. It has to do with, you know, getting these, you know, thousands of suppliers on a platform to be able to communicate together. There has been a fair amount of investment from, you know, a lot of my clients to build what they call collaboration networks and be able to sell those collaboration networks into the retailers. But this is critical because to have a truly collaborative and adaptive supply chain, you have to have you know, both visibility and the network and ability to communicate between these different nodes of distribution and suppliers. Can you bring it down a little bit, you know, in terms of specific technologies and things that underpin these four themes you've outlined, Jason? I will say that there are, you know, kind of 20 different verticals within supply chain logistics management that are relevant here. It is complicated. So there's many different sub verticals to solve many different problems. But if I had to sort of drill down in a few, you know, I think there will be a lot of focus and investment around micro-fulfillment. And you're already seeing some of this from a few companies like, like Bond as an example, that you know, effectively has many warehouses within the urban locations where you can do contactless pickup. There's automation that's put into there and there's real estate. So I think these micro-fulfillment technologies will be pretty important because it also gets you closer to the end consumer. I think the second area is the planning process, which is traditionally you sort of come up with a plan and you know, every six months and people work towards that plan. The reality is that you know, this is going to turn into much more of a dynamic process because consumers uh, do change their behaviors, having a dynamic planning process and tools to allow the different buckets of, of participants here to communicate is going to be really important. The third area I paid a lot of attention around is around return logistics. Obviously, as e-commerce goes up, so do the number of returns. You, know, you have to have a way to get those goods back and do it in a cost-efficient manner. Otherwise, it's uneconomical to sell goods, frankly. So I think returns would be a big area of investment. And then it really ties back to network, and as well as talking about before. One area of network is what we call dropship. And you know, dropship, when it comes to endless aisles, uh, as you call it in retail, the way that you sort of enable that is you can identify and find goods within suppliers' warehouses and have them ship direct to a consumer because, in fact, that supplier might be closer than your warehouse is to the consumer. So drop ship, I think, is a really relevant investment area. And to get that to work right, you have to have the network. So their systems have to be integrated uh, with the retailers to provide that seamless experience, whether or not it's coming from your own warehouse or from a supplier. I think every major retailer gets that, you know, this frictionless supply chain is critical to delivering that customer experience. Let's shift gears for a minute. How important is M&A in the decisions that management is making on supply chain and logistics? Can you talk about recent activity and where you see that might be headed? Yeah, so I think we're at the early days of consolidation within the supply chain. It is a very fragmented space. I think we're also at the early innings of big investments into the supply chain technology arena from the large retailers. And you can speak more to this because you're also having you know, a lot of those conversations. But you know, you're also seeing this sort of in the numbers. As an example, Target, you know, spent uh, a good amount of money buying two different companies two years ago. One was Grand Junction, which is a software platform that connects retailers and distributors to help manage the local delivery networks of more than 700 carriers. And then Shipped was another acquisition that they did, which is really the community of shoppers that are able to help with the fulfillment of goods when it comes to getting your groceries into the home. Those two acquisitions, they spent a decent amount of money, platform investments for sure, are paying big dividends um, because Target is able to, to stay relevant you know, in this environment. So I think you're going to see more platform plays like that you know, in the future. 
you know, we just saw Costco, as you know, buy a last mile specialist called Innovel, looking at Amazon, doing a lot of investments around robotics, Kiva Systems and Canvas. Uh, that's really because they own their own warehouses and they want to make it more efficient and dark, if you will. You know, Shopify is, is interestingly looking to invest more money into fulfillment. They bought a company called Six River Systems, which is a robotics provider for the warehouse. You know, Shopify really provides the platform to sell. But clearly, if you're helping enable the, the small businesses sell, you also have to help them fulfill. You know, some other investments they've done is on the dropship shy with a company called Oberlo. They did a B2B platform acquisition called Handshake, and they've invested in a return to management software with, a, with an acquisition called Return Magic. So, you know, those are kind of the, on the retail side. And you're also seeing, obviously, on the consumer goods side as well with some, you know, a company like Nike, you know, buying into uh, a demand sensing and analytics platform called Select. So I think, you know, either whether or not you're a consumer goods company trying to go direct or trying to figure out a way to optimize your own channels or a retailer themselves that is expanding what they can, they can offer. I think technology is a critical piece to, to all of this. And the reality is that our clients are going to have to make you know, real decisions around what they want to own because the partnership approach over the long run doesn't necessarily create competitive advantage. It can be great because it drives efficiency, but when it comes to creating pure competitive advantage, owning some of this technology will be very important. And for those tuning in, Jason's written a report that outlines the supply chain and logistics challenges that businesses are facing and, and how they can contemplate this level of investment that meets consumer expectations and also provides that ever needed point of competitive differentiation. And you can find that report on the PJ Solomon site, www.pjsolomon.com in the news and insights section. Thanks everyone for tuning in.